Hi, this is Bill Arnold. Missed a show or need me talking to help you sleep tonight? I have several solutions to that situation. Here are the podcasts from the show. You are the best for listening and supporting Faith Radio. Welcome to Afternoons with me. I'm Bill Arnold, and I've got a wonderful show for you today. I hope your weekend was good. I'm going to bring on Patrick in just a minute to get my day started. Then the Monday afternoon mix is going to happen. And then I've got Dr. Clint Arnold coming on. You heard that correctly, Clint Arnold. He's written a number of books. He's a brilliant uh, theological scholar, and we're going to talk about spiritual warfare today. And hopefully I will get him for the full hour, and if not, I've got another secret up my sleeve. So that is what the plans are for today. Patrick, of course, is not only a friend, but a colleague from the great state of Iowa. Patrick, welcome. Colleague, friend first. Yeah. Uh, No, friend first, then colleague. Yeah. A Clint Clint Arnold. A Clint Uh, Arnold, yes. Well, well, with a name like that, you expect brilliance, you know, from a a Clint. (laughs) (laughs) I saw what you did there. Uh, Yeah, see, you probably thought that I was going to... You know, throwing the Arnold Zinger. But, no, uh, you you played you played it well, touche. Well, and let's face it, you know, at our age, the most prominent Arnold we know was a pig on a TV show. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, so, yep. Let's talk a little bit about what uh, was eventful over the weekend. A horrible tragedy with the uh, oh. tornado in Kentucky, and very sad. Yep. Um, those images are devastating. Yeah. Yeah. They, uh, when we had uh, a couple of years ago, we had the derecho, which, so they wouldn't call it a tornado. They, I think they called it a middle, middle of the state, middle of the country hurricane of, of, of some kind. But I remember going out and seeing one of these grain silos that was just twisted up like, you know, like a tinfoil hat. Uh, just it's, it's, it's hard to fathom it. You know, you hear those stories, you know, when you're in school, they say it can take a paper straw and it can blow it right through a tree. Wow. And uh, you say, huh, uh, okay, I don't, I'll, I'll, my, I'm skeptical. And then you go see the devastation. It's how it took out a whole town in seconds, really, when mm-hmm. you think about it. Oh. Yeah. Those, those are very hard pictures to look at. And yeah. we all would be um, wise to remember that little town in prayer and Mm-hmm. Pray that God will meet them in their time of desperation and need. And what a horrible time of the year! I mean, Christmas is in twelve days, if you can believe that. And yeah. so that they're going to have a very distinctly different um, Christmas this year. Yes. Yeah. It's uh, we, we we you know it's. I think you and I had discussed this just in private the other day. But when you you do the math in just the United States, a little over seven thousand people pass away every day. Mm-hmm. And so there are people alive today that won't be here to see Christmas. And, and, and it's, you know, if we're 12 days away from Christmas, you know, you're getting up there to that's 85,000 people Wow, that maybe thought they were going to see Christmas and won't. And, uh, you know, we, we have to remember that that's how fragile life is. Uh, it, it just, it, it, it goes by fast and furious, doesn't it? Yeah, I always think we were going to start off on a lighter note, but there you go. Oh, that you know, that's the okay. truth is the truth. No, but I get it. How's, yeah, how's the weather there? Did you get the warm weather? Oh back? yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, 
because it was it was very cold here the other day. It's warm today, but it as my grandfather used to say, you know it's cold outside when you go outside and it's cold. <laughs> it's kind of just that's how my grandfather would do it. You yeah. Know, he, uh, um, Chicago. He was a Chicago cop. He just he's very plain spoken. I like that. I like that. Yeah. Sounds very Yogi Bearish. Yes, very Yoga bear, Yogi Bearish. Yeah. So let's. Uh... Talk about the movie that opened up over the weekend, West Side Story. I just do find that interesting. That was Steven Spielberg's uh, big movie that he came out with. But did you hear about the ticket prices in Manhattan to go to a movie? Uh, it's it's a they were steep. Twenty seven ninety nine uh, per adult. This is go to a movie. Yeah, senior citizens' uh, price is twenty six forty nine. So they got a significant break from twenty seven ninety nine. That's that's almost uh, two bits. <laughs> <laughs> Go out for steak and kidney pie before. Yeah, um, there's some, enough money left over to get yourself a sarsaparilla. I exactly, suppose, but you you, you you add in the popcorn and the soda, um, and boy, you've got a hundred dollar night. Just go to a movie. Uh, that's you know what's crazy is uh, so I, I and you know some theater owners, and I know a theater owner here, and they the theater owner themselves does not make very much off that ticket price. You no. know, their their hope is that you buy the popcorn and the sodas, and uh, the one I go to has a restaurant. They hope you that you do the dine and recline. So when you see a ticket price like that, that's that's not the theater owner necessarily sticking it to you. That's no. that's the 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 movie makers saying, let's make our money fast and furious here. Um, you know, and. I, it's. I took my daughter. My daughter wanted to go see it, so I did not go. Um, she uh, went with some friends, and uh, no, the only fun thing about it is every time I walk down the hallway near a house, I kind of like hunch over a little bit and I snap my fingers a little bit and I go, "Time to go to school." Time to go. To <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of do that little rumble walk. Yeah. That they, that they did at least in the old movie. I have no idea if they do it in the. Morning, but that, <laughs> But they had a, a very disappointing opening, only ten million, and that's uh, for a Spielberg movie is uh, considered a bust. And at twenty seven dollars a ticket, it's like a hundred get... people. If math serves correctly. <laughs> I get it. It seems like it would be a goodwill to have that movie ticket prices be a little bit more reasonable than twenty seven ninety nine for a movie. That's just my now, think, my take on it. Yeah. Yeah, maybe that's one of the things that affected their bottom line is, you, said, you know, I think you just, you went up a little bit too much, mm -hmm. a little too high on that. Yeah. yeah. And we're so used to sitting at home in the, in the comfort of our own homes and we can stream and you can buy some of these services for 10 or $15 a month and get a hundred movies. Um, it's, it's hard to justify, uh, you know, the spending that much extra. So, oh. Uh, you know, I, I always want I want people to succeed in their endeavors, but uh, I do have a a point where I say I think you're asking a little bit too much of me. Mm -hmm. I can't. I'm not going to pay twenty eight dollars. Yeah. Now, Patrick, I know both of us followed the uh, Jesse Smollett case just a little bit, and uh, yeah. they did come out with a verdict last week. And your thoughts on that? Uh, it sounds like uh, you know not only was he guilty, but he was. Very guilty. Uh, so guilty, in fact, that finally, uh, I think Jesse himself is the last to find out that he was guilty. <laughs> he finally knows it who might, did it, though. That's so it's he useful. He finally knows who did it. Yeah. Now, yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, you know, it, wherever people stand on an issue, I mean, his story sure seemed to get bigger and grander 
as the as time wore on and the details you and I often talk about when you're filling in you know amazing details i remember crossing oak street and there was a lone pine cone <laughs> you know that somebody yeah. had decorated yeah yeah you know it's most of us um i've been held up at gunpoint uh and you know, you would think under that kind of a stress that your brain would be taking in amazing detail that you'd say I, i'll bet your brain is just primed to take it all in and uh you know really try to remember every little detail uh because you're you're under this this is an extreme situation and instead your brain just says where's my thumb because i think i need to get into the fetal position <laughs> mm-hmm. and and that's so i remember you know talking to the police later and i i i said i don't have many details for you mm-hmm I re- there were guys, uh, they had masks on, and they said, stick them up. Wow. I stuck them up, and then they left Yeah. after after sticking me up. Yeah. So the, the, um, so the guys that held you up had masks on? Yes. Ah. I could tell you not a thing about them. Yeah. They wore gl- gloves. I couldn't tell you anything. I couldn't tell you their hair color. They had uh. hoods on, masks on. I I knew nothing about them. Yeah. Um, I have so, a you know, guy that I did uh, some a number of shows with, and he was a former Vietnam veteran, and he got jumped with a guy with his hand in his pocket saying, I've got a gun, uh, so give me your wallet. He said, you've got a gun? Let me, let me see it. <laughs> <laughs> show it to me. Let's see it. And he just was completely calm. And after the guy said, yeah. no, I'm not going to show it to you. I'm not going to show it to you, but I have one. He said, look, if you don't have one, why don't you just leave? <laughs> I wish I could be that confident. Um, I mean, you know, it, so you say this guy is a, a veteran, so he had enough experience in life to say, yeah. oh, there's there's no gun. If you had a gun, you would show me your gun. <laughs> right. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I think Rob Petrie did that in, you know, in an episode once of the Dick Van Dyke show. He stuck his finger in his jacket. I don't think it fooled anybody. <laughs> I, that was 60 years ago. It still yeah. doesn't work. Yeah. Well, you sent me a very fascinating quote by Theodore Dalrymple. And we have talked about it a little little bit, but I think it's worth sharing. Uh, I will read it, and it goes like this. Theodore Dalrymple wrote this. In my study of communist societies, I came to the conclusion that the purpose of communist propaganda was not to persuade or convince, not to inform, but to humiliate. And therefore, the less it corresponds to reality, the better. When people are forced to remain Mm. silent... When things are being told the most obvious lies, or even worse, when they are forced to repeat the lies themselves, they lose once and for all their sense of probity. One standing to resist anything is thus eroded and even destroyed. A society of emasculated liars is easy to control. I think if you examine political correctness, it has the same effect and it's intended to. Uh, it's you can see this in so many places. Uh, one of them I see is you know uh, where my wife works. They have to do the pronoun thing now, and you know I think the majority of us you know kind of fit in a you know male female dichotomy, right? Is it dichotomy? Uh, I don't even know. They have so many names for things anymore. But there's just <laughs> the, the, that sounds like a a, a a tussle, which could happen too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, but I mean, it's, you know, I think a lot of us do look at the world and we say man and woman. 
And so then we started coming up with all these new definitions and it wasn't enough that people had their definitions and say, I'd prefer you call me this way. It's like, okay, uh, you know, I can accommodate you. Now they say, no, you must do it too. You know, no, that's okay. I'm fine. I'm just, you know, no, no, I need you to say, you know, my name is Patrick uh, and my pronouns are he, him, and his, and uh, you know, boss. <laughs> so, but you see, and then, and as we, every time we acquiesce, we say, but, that's not important to me. And it's, it's pretty obvious how, how I identify and who I am. But um, I think Dalrymple you know, is always so clever anyway. I, I think there, it's part of that hypocrisy thing too. I, I, it took me a long time to realize that uh, sometimes people that, um, you know, show their hypocrisy, they're not, not only are they not embarrassed by it, they want you to see it. Mm -hmm. They want you to see it because they want you to know that the things I'm talking about don't apply to me. I'm not a hypocrite. Those rules don't apply to me. They apply to you. And I need you to repeat the lies. And we do, it's, you see it, uh, I, I get fearful, I'm sure you do too, that there will come a time soon where they say, it's time for Christians to start denouncing Christianity. Uh, that won't happen in this, in this category. Uh, for, no, no. No, I know. Yeah, no, I know, but I'm. But, but I mean, you know, it's going. You do think that day is coming, don't you? Well, a lot of what Christians say that comes from God's word will sound enough like hate speech to the to the secular world, and they'll they'll want you to say that's that's wrong, and they'll want you to repeat it. But the no follower of Jesus yeah. will do that. No, no. But the day the day comes. Yeah, yeah. We'll take a short break, and we'll be right back with Patrick Albany, my friend and colleague from the great state of Iowa. is my guest. Uh, Patrick, you know, we, we always talk about your attitude is so important in life. Of course, uh, we are always working on that attitude, especially you and me. <laughs> but uh, one of the, reworking, reworking, yes. of course, of course, yeah. but I think we, we will both find some enjoyment out of uh, the attitude of Betty White, who's turning 100 next month. Um, and she talks about some of her li life lessons, and she's got such a cute sense of humor. Uh, she says, get at least eight hours of beauty sleep, nine if you're ugly. <laughs> but she said, if you don't have a sense of humor, you are in trouble. And she said, it's fun to show appreciation to the ones you love. Um, which I think is great. And she said, I get bored with people who complain about this or that. It's such a waste of time. She said, I have no idea what color my hair really is, and I never intend to find out. Uh, she's so, oh, that's so good. Yeah. That's uh, so good. Yeah. You, how about the older you get, the better you get, unless you're a banana? I love so that, too. That, right. Yeah. Um, wow. And she talks about her work that she's done, and she says, I feel good that I've turned down roles for the right reasons. So it's uh, important to... 
um, have integrity. And she says, you don't, you, you have to go earn that. Again, another great yeah. reminder. She was a great password player too, by the way. She was, wasn't she? Oh yeah. yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. If you, if you got Betty White as your celebrity, uh, uh, contestant, you were in good hands. Mm-hmm. And I, I had uh, Lori Hendler. I was on Password uh, from Give Me a Break, and she was like the young Betty White. She was good. I was losing, losing, losing because Mr. Belvedere was my previous celebrity guest, and uh, he didn't know as much as a butler would know. Turns out, <laughs> Mr. Belvedere. Yeah. And then, yeah, so you get you get the good one, and uh, suddenly I, I came from behind and I, I won a bunch of money. Uh, but uh, it was, yeah, but Betty White, it was almost fun as a kid. If you were homesick, you'd put on Password, and there was her husband, the host of the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she was charming, witty, the whole thing. And then she's smart as can be. Wow. Oh, wow. I love that she's 100. I she know. She made it to 100. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. She said, I just make it my business to get along with people so I can have fun. It's that simple. Boy, do we, how are we doing at getting along with people nowadays? You know, it, and I do have to remind myself of this to not take the bait uh, when, you know, somebody sort of dangles something out there, usually via a social media thing. It's like, I'm not, I'm not going to be, you know, pitting friends against friends. We're, you know, we're friends. You know, if wherever you stand on whatever issue, um, yeah, you know, if if we're gonna blow up a friendship because we disagree about something, especially in politics, in mm-hmm. politics, uh, a that's not a great way to convince somebody that your uh, ideas are the better. Mm-hmm. You know, if if you if if you jettisoned all your friends because they weren't Christians, how many of your friends? would you be able to introduce to Christianity? Yeah, good point. I'm thinking zero. Yeah. yeah. And Betty talks about how much she uh, loves laughter. She says laughter keeps everyone feeling wonderful. She says, I'm a teenager trapped in an old body. She said, butterflies are like women. We may look pretty and delicate, but baby, we can fly through a hurricane. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You know, when you live to be 100, you say a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah. It's, uh, uh, well, I was looking at one of the, yeah, because you sent me a, a link. It's all gold. It's charming it's stuff. It's all gold. Yeah. Just, it's so yeah. positive, too. And, of course, if you don't have a sense of humor, I, I, I think it's a hard way to go through life. If you take yourself so seriously that you can't laugh at yourself, that's a, that's a hard position to be in. And if you're kind yeah. of a humorless well, person, I think it's difficult for people who are around you. Yes. Uh, <laughs> in fact, uh, if my wife were to come downstairs right now and say, you know, just the other day, well, <laughs> Patrick was completely humorless and he was no fun to be around. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, you sometimes have those days when you're struggling with something. And, uh, you know, I, I have to remind myself, especially you and I like to write jokes. And so we'll look at situations outside of ourselves and try to find the humor in them. And I don't know about you. I don't do a very good job of finding it inside for things that happen to me. And it would be a great place to turn that skill uh, to say, you know, come on, you can find the the humor in this. Mm -hmm. This will be a funny story someday. Yeah. 
Well, I've always thought, well, when people say you're going to laugh about this someday, I think, well, why not just laugh now? Get it out of the way. Because if you're going to laugh about yeah. it someday, you might as well just laugh now. Uh, yeah, and that's, it's, it's, it is great advice. Uh, although sometimes in the heat of the moment, it's not always easy oh, to I laugh know. right now. I but know. if you can remind yourself of that, you might. Um, well, I think it's good if you have if you have a close-knit group of friends that uh, you're close enough with that they could even rib you about something like that. You can say, you're not going to believe what happened to me, and then they can have some fun at your expense. You'll be laughing in no time. Right, right. I, you know, you know, you'll do that for me. I know you've done that for me. Uh, you know, it's uh, I'll be in a situation, and five minutes later, I'm laughing about it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's I think it's why you have those people you you can call up and vent to. Yeah, and when you're in yeah. a difficult space. There's that one or two people you can call that will sort of be a little bit in your face, a little bit irreverent, maybe a little bit playful. And all of a sudden you find yourself laughing and you think, okay, I got, I got some release on this uh, stress a little sooner than I thought. Yeah. 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 I was going to wait till tomorrow to be over it, but I'm over (laughs) it now. Right. You know how you, you, you try to be hopeful. Yeah. Yeah. And she oh. also, Betty White, also said, "You don't luck into integrity; you work at it." I I know I've already said that once, but I don't. I want to repeat that because it's so good. Uh, yeah, that is a great one. Uh, you know, there's um, a, a mentor of mine years ago would say, "Experience is the one thing you can't get for nothing. Right. You can sometimes get things in life for nothing, but experience, and it's the same thing as she says with integrity. You have to build it." Right. You have to work at it. You you don't get it. It's why I think a lot of us uh, kind of, you know, gave the squinty eye to the self-esteem movement saying, we well, can't just tell kids they're great. They earn it. Right. You know, you earn that self-esteem. Yeah. Uh, you know, you do the work and uh, suddenly you feel pretty good about yourself because you did the work. Yeah. You did the hard thing. All right, we just have uh, about a minute left, Patrick. So I, I did watch your Bears lose last night to the Packers, and I just want to bring that up. That was one good game. It was a great game, and I felt like I watched the Bears lose three games in one. <laughs> <laughs> it had great value to you, didn't it? It did, because every now and then you said, maybe, no, no, no not, yet. No. not yet. Oh, hey, oh, no, 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 Aaron Rodgers is still playing. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, it was. I, was, I thought you were going to go into the twelve days of Christmas because I was asking you earlier. Do the gifts accumulate? You know, on day two. Okay, you got a partridge on day one. Do you get a second partridge on day two? Yeah, you know, I don't know the addition? answer to that. I I don't know. But there was um, some bank that annually posts the inflation adjusted estimates for the twelve days of Christmas, and right now the cost of all seventy eight gifts is forty one thousand dollars. Which isn't bad. It's not bad. Uh, you got a lot of gold I did rings. Math, I did some math on my own, assuming that you don't get the gifts, you know, d- doubled up. Uh, just, you know, the 1 through 12. And at the end of it, you you have in your employ 50 people and 23 animals and only five gold rings to pay for it all with. Because <laughs> <laughs> you get kind of pricey buying some swan food. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Till next time, and By Patrick. the way, Lord's leaping. Yeah. Lord's leaping. Yeah. Uh, have a great day. And I'll talk thanks. to you next week. You too. Yep. Patrick Albany's helped me get the day started on a little bit of a light note, but we will, after a short break, get the Monday afternoon mix going. Be right back.
It is Monday, and it's time now for the Monday Afternoon Mix. This is Bill Arnold with Pastor David Miles and Rosie Browsen, and we are the three. The three. That makes up the Monday Afternoon Mix. Oh, yes. But today we're adding a fourth. We are adding a fourth. Yes, and this is a name that's not easy for me to pronounce. David, why don't you pronounce it? Jeremy Krulikowski. She nailed it. There he is. Yeah. (laughs) I would expect you to get it right, David. Well, well, I was saying to Bill earlier, I said it's Swahili. And it's like, no, it's not. So, but it's beautiful. Welcome to the Monday Afternoon Mix. Tell us, uh, tell our listeners a little bit about you. Well, first of all, I got to give you compliments to the smooth jazz because, man, I was, I was grooving out. I was like, man, I hope they don't, yeah, I hope they don't segue too soon because I was, I was having a good time. So, um, yeah, so good question. So really, well, first of all, like I, I could talk about myself all day, but really, like, I'm just cur- I, I'm I'm curious. Like, um, what is it that you guys feel like is really, um, really like where you, like you guys know your audience better than I do? So, like coming into Christmas time, coming into, you know, people are you know trying to pay for things for Christmas. There's a lot of pressure. There's you know starting a new year of like still wishing that we wouldn't have given up on our goals for the month of January. So obviously, like what we do is we work with Christians, helping them get out of debt, build wealth. If you're married, you know, and money fights, just really learning how to master your money in a way that honors God and frees them up to be able to really make the impact that he wants them to make. But I'm just curious for you guys, like you guys have been listening, talking to people, having questions come through, like how can I serve the, the audience today? Well, I I will say that our audience is A to Z. There will be some people that will be looking for ways in which to gift significant sums of money to ministries in this month and others that are thinking, I don't know exactly how I'm buying my next gallon of milk. Yep. Yeah, and I'd say yeah. one of the things, too, is that one of the key things that we're about in Faith Talk Radio has just been really centering on God's Word and just a lot of discipleship. And so we've been spending time in the Sermon on the Mount since the summer, uh, mm-hmm. since my son had led in that. And, uh, you know, talking about the ways of viewing the world from Jesus's kingdom ethic versus, you know, how the world would view things in regards to anger, in regards to lust, in regards to, you know, mm-hmm. hatred, in regards to what does it mean to steward our life. Mm-hmm. And so for the last couple of weeks, we had been digging into um, the aspect of giving. And I mean, it's something mm-hmm. that people desire to do, and people have a desire to do that. Um, but as Larry Burkett noted, you know, back in the day, it used to be that fixed expenses were about 30, 38% of a household, and now that's swelled quite a bit over that. Mm-hmm. So so money is usually regularly a major issue for all people, but we are super yeah. grateful because our our Faith Talk Radio listening audience is an incredibly generous group and mm-hmm. have um, been used to bless a number of people with the gospel. Mm-hmm. And- yeah. And Jeremy, we just got done with our winter share. And again, as David had uh, spoken, our listener base is amazing. We're, we can't be on the air without them. That's amazing. And, and during this share event, we talked quite a bit about um, keeping our hand open and not fearing. And um, there was many of the hours that we talked about, you know, we shouldn't test God. It says that in scripture often, do not test your Lord, um, your God, except for this one area. God says, you uh-huh. can test me in provision. And uh-huh. so we have seen amazing generosity. We have seen uh-huh. the windows, widow's might and and everything yeah. in between. And so our listeners, I feel like they come from a base of they want to use their wealth, whatever that means to them, to advance the kingdom 
and they're about it. They're about evangelism. They're about opening their hands um, and letting God use their funds to bring him glory. So it's pretty cool to watch. Yeah. Well, I love that. And that's, and that, you know, one of the things that we talk about a lot is, you know, Christians have, you know, some of the biggest hearts when it comes to giving, which we should, obviously, it's what we see modeled all throughout the scriptures. I mean, Jesus gave his entire life. How could we not give of our earthly possessions, you know, for those who are needy? Um, but it's, but what's really ironic to me is being in this industry for a very long time, I've, I've had thousands and thousands of conversations from Christians all over the country, is that some of the people that struggle the most with having money to give are the people that want to give the most. And it seems very counterintuitive, but, you know, there's so many different things that are mis- I, I believe are misunderstandings. Because a lot of people say, why do you work with Christians? Why not just work with anybody? Well, we could, right? But the reality is, is that what we've noticed is that there are specific things that Christians really struggle with when it comes to money. And, you know, when I think about spiritual warfare, I think about, you know, I think about money just like a sword, Right. You know, if, if you hold a sword too tightly and you grip it too tightly, which, again, you might classify as like materialism. And it's like like, you, you know, you know, you're mm-hmm. you're spending all of your money on stuff and it's like you're doing nothing for the kingdom of God. It's like obviously you're going to lose the war that we're called to fight, you know, for the kingdom to see God's kingdom come and see it come through our financial means. But really, at the same time, if we hold it too loosely, you know, we're not paying attention, we're not ma- managing the money well, we're just kind of ignoring it, or we're too just afraid of it, because we're, so many Christians are afraid of, like, well, what's going to happen if I do get money, and where's my soul going to go eternally, and is God okay with me having excess? I mean, I was even Googling the other day, um, it was like, can Christians, um, it was like, you know, can Christians be something, and can Christians be rich, or can Christians have money, or can Christians have wealth? Because so many Christians are terrified. That was actually one of my biggest fears. Is this, what if I did have access? What if I did have an abundance? What's that going to mean for my soul? Because my soul is so used to my relationship with God being dependent upon need, 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 gimme, 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 versus just gratitude and like, how can I use this and how can I steward it to help people like your audience has been so generous at helping serve you guys and keeping you guys making the difference you're called to make. And so I just believe that the enemy wants us to keep us in either of those two areas. He wants us to keep us so tightly gripping onto money and making it our only focus in life and not really seeing the bigger picture of how we can impact the kingdom through it, but also just not paying attention or being so afraid that we really make no, we're basically not utilizing it well enough so that we can master it and make the difference that we're called to make. And so um, we're just, I'm really passionate about seeing, especially people in your audiences, like how can we free them up to be able to really make the difference that God is calling them to make eternally with their finances. But how can I also just even right now in this life, um, just have a better quality of life because when you're not, when you have tons of debt or you're not able to save or you're not able to give or you're fighting about money, it just, it causes havoc in every area of your life. I mean, we see so many people right now that are, you know, they're on the verge of divorce or they're on the verge of bankruptcy or they could be on the verge of a major health crisis, especially with COVID. There's so much financial stress that people are undergoing now time of the year and people aren't talking about, well, what's really at the root of the stress. And so there's so many things that could be happening that are just tearing apart the lives of believers and are keeping them from being able to live as effectively as we're called to. So I just want to know if there's, if there's anything you guys want to ask me that you think might be helpful for your audience. I just want to add value and help everyone who's listening walk away from this segment feeling more empowered, feeling more excited, feeling more optimistic that if there's anything going on in their finances that they just feel like aren't where they, God wants them to be or they can be to be the biggest impact for the kingdom, um, let's tackle it, let's knock it out so that they can you know, feel like different people going into the evening. And that's Jerry Krilikowski, who comes to us uh, as a friend of David Miles on our Monday afternoon mix. So if you're just joining the mix, you're thinking, that's a voice I don't know, but now you <laughs> and do. And it's actually... 
you said Jerry Krulikowski, and that's cool because my uncle calls me Uncle Jerry, but technically it's Jeremy, so you're right. But it's, <laughs> but it's, but I think it might be almost a Polish thing, so it's okay. If you want to call me Jerry, that's cool. My, that's so my close family. So it's not Swahili. It's Polish. Yeah. It's Polish. So, yeah. Yeah. I, if you got a question for Uncle Jerry, you can uh, let us know what it is. 877-933-2484. Jeremy, I do appreciate you being here. Uh, David, I know you got a question for him. Well, one of the things, you know, as we're looking at this whole subject of giving and the heart and desire to give, you know, Jeremy, one of the things that you've done in life is coaching people because oftentimes the conversation about money is kind of an uncomfortable conversation and it's one that people struggle with having. And so, you know, what are the ways on which people can begin just to talk about these things? Because as we talked about here a couple of shows ago, Michael Emerson and Christian Smith wrote a book called Passing the Plate and mm-hmm. found that we as Christians, like this is back in 2008, as, as a group of committed believers in America, and that's not all the people claiming Christ, ones who are super committed and say that they're committed to Christ and he makes a difference in their everyday life, was like the seventh largest GDP in the world. Mm-hmm. And so we desire to see you know, the gospel go forth. We desire to see, you know, wells made. We desire to see um, translation of Bibles. We desire to see those things. So what are some of the things that keep people from having conversations and what would help them to have conversations? That's a good question, David. I think the first thing is really just shame um, and shame breeds in darkness. And so one of the things is that, you know, most of the people, I mean, the studies show about seven out of 10 households are living paycheck to paycheck in the U S you know? And so, and, and, and guys, I'm sure you've noticed, I mean, unfortunately, most of these bigger statistics about marriage or things more often than not, the church isn't that, that far behind in terms of where they're at. So most of the people in the church are struggling financially. They're going into Christmas they're, they're putting money on cards that they really shouldn't put on. Um, a lot of people right now are even behind, you know, on, especially with COVID, maybe they did a, you know, mortgage modification or they're worried about this, or some people are still unemployed or some people are worried about their jobs. A lot of people, I mean, there's so many things they're worried about college tuition. They're worried about being, you know, behind on retirement, which by the way, after thousands and thousands of conversations, I don't think I've ever met a single Christian that was actually truly prepared to have to, if they had to, spend 30, 40 years without being able to make an income. And so, which is just the way that it works, which, you know, back in the thirties and forties or whatever, you know, it's like, yeah, you, you might live to be 60 something, but now we're living to be 80, 90, hundred years old. And most Christians are not prepared that if they can't start, you know, can't work past 60 or 70, which only 6% can work past age 70. Um, you know, they're, they're not prepared right now to be able to do that. They're going to be a burden to their kids. They're going to be a burden to somebody, or they're going to be depending for the government to bail them out. I don't know about you, but I don't really trust the government enough to have to do that for me. So really, I think the biggest thing, David, is like just getting the shame out of the, you know, by just, first of all, just like admitting to yourself that there is a problem here and like that God wants to intervene. You know, part of the kingdom of God breaking into a life is, is, is it has to do with like, let's, let's take over your financial life. That's when Jesus is Lord, he's not just Lord over you know, your marriage, or he's not just Lord over, you know, just how you treat your kids. Like he's Lord over your pocketbook. So like, how does God want you to live? And so one of the things that we talk about 
you know, we have a free training, which we can give your audience. It's if they go to debtfreemasterclass.com. Not everyone comes to us in debt, but if you are in debt, which most people are, um, it would be very helpful for you. We kind of break it down, but really just start diving into what does the Bible actually say about money? And here's what's so crazy, David. I actually went to Bible college <laughs> for six years. <laughs> and where did you go, years. Jeremy? I was actually at Bethlehem College and Seminary just in Minneapolis. And so, yeah, so um, that's so, part of your background is here. Yeah. So you're currently in Nashville. Yeah, but, I'm currently so in Nashville. A little bit I went about to Bible your college for, Yeah, I went to Bible college for six years, and I got out thinking that I knew everything there was to know about money and all of this different stuff. And in the meantime, you know, we had student loan debt that wasn't going away. You know, I was being totally irresponsible. You know, I had no budget. I had no idea where our money was really going. All I knew that is that I wasn't overdrafting, but that was basically my, my only plan. And, you know, and it was affecting, it was affecting our health. It was affecting my marriage. It was affecting lots of things. And I was just blind. And so what was so crazy is like, I thought that I knew everything. And then once I started to really dig in, I realized there were so many things that the Bible has to say about money that I was totally missing. Like the fact that God doesn't actually want you to be like, I, I almost like I had this conception, I think that like Jesus was poor and like he had nothing. And like the Bible just like we're more spiritual for poor and all of these different things. But when I really started diving in, I'm like looking at all of these people, whether it was in the Old, Old Testament, like Job, like he was able to help the orphans. He was able to help the widows. He was able to do all this from his excess. And he was the most righteous person. <laughs> so like if it was if it wasn't possible to have a huge amount of excess and be so God fearing and righteous, then we wouldn't have Job. And there's all of these cases throughout the Old Testament. So many of our heroes of the faith were were very wealthy and had lots of excess, but they stewarded it in, in a manner that honored God. And then when you get into the New Testament, you look at you know, Jesus, who it's like Jesus wasn't drowning in debt from what we can tell. He always had his needs provided for. He had all of these different resources. And then you have Paul, and he's got extra money, and he's able to take care of the, you know, these people in Acts. Like he says and to the Ephesian elders, I believe it's in Acts 20, that um, that he was provide, able to provide for himself and the needs of those around him. And he says we should provide for our, our relatives, which isn't just our immediate household. It's like, so I'm hearing all these things. I'm like, well, that couldn't be true if you were just living check to check and you had no savings. Like, you'd have to have access. And so, David, there are so many things that I started diving into, seeing that, like, the Bible actually encourages us, like, to have resources, to have money stored up, to have an excess, to have an abundance to help people, to not be drowning in debt, to, to have a plan for our money, all of these different things. Um, and I just believe that the more money we have, the more people we can help. And mm-hmm. that's really what I'm passionate about. Well, Jeremy, one of the things with that is like, we want to make sure as we go to break here too, you know, God has given us things and wants us to steward wherever we're at with what we have. And then also to take this, the gifts that we have to grow them, to use them for his kingdom purposes. All right, we'll take a little break. Our special guest on the Monday Afternoon Mix is Jeremy Krilikowski, but I've known him for 16 minutes, so I call him Jerry. And uh, if you have a question or comment as we're talking about kind of wrapping up Sermon on the Mount and giving, uh, because also we had an outstanding winter fundraiser and we're still overjoyed with gratitude, thankful for all the ways in which you bless this ministry and do so, so faithfully and so loyally. So we'll be right back after, uh, of course, the very short break.
Sunday afternoon mix. Pastor David Miles, who's not only a pastor, but an adjunct professor here at the University of Northwestern, and Rosie B., and also our special guest, Jeremy Krilikowski. And Jeremy, we just got this from a listener. He said, four years ago, my wife and I reached a point where we could not keep up with credit card debt. This month, we are now paying off the final one. We got into a consumer debt payoff that our church recommended, and it has changed our lives. Praise God. But we had to be willing to admit way back four years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I mean, that really is the first step is it's, I mean, it's, it's kind of like with any problem in your life is you have to be honest with yourself and, you know, and, and even if, you know, if you're married, you have to be honest with your spouse and just say, you know what, at the end of the day, it's just not working. And guys, it's so hard. It's so hard to be transparent and to be real. Um, I mean, again, it's, it's crazy how many people that we're working with. It's like, they feel, even though they're in a church, even though they're maybe in a very loving family, it's they still feel very alone and they feel like it's just me. I'm the only one. Surely nobody else struggles with this. Um, nobody else struggles with debt or nobody else struggles with money fights or nobody else is struggling with, you know, not being able to, you know, do these things for our kids or not being able to give to our churches or ministries that we really want to. But the reality is, is you're, if you're listening to this, you're not alone. Most people are struggling and some of them even worse than where you are. And it starts by just raising your hand and just reaching out to somebody. And again, I preferably not somebody with just an opinion, <laughs> but somebody that's an actual expert because there's so much shame around money. And it's like, you know what, if you're, if you're, if you're, you know, legal, if you're in a legal issue, you know, and it's significant, you're not just going to Google it. You're going to hire an attorney. If your tooth is hurting, you're, you're not going to try to get out your wrench, which maybe some of you guys would do that, but um, you know, you're going to, you're going to go to the dentist, right? If you're having an issue with your heart, you're going to go to the doctor. Like you don't have to be an expert and all of these things, but there's topics. Um, there's just topics that we were grown up at, raised as kids to, you know, schools didn't teach us, parents didn't teach us, church didn't teach us about, you know, whether that's intimacy in your marriage or that's, you know, struggling with finances or any of these things, we're all expected to know them and be good at them, but nobody ever took the time to really walk us through and, and teach us. And it's complicated. <laughs> it's very complicated. Well, one so, thing um, I find you know. Jeremy amazing today is that, you know, I remember asking a number of students that have come from various backgrounds of schools, from Ivy League schools to state college, community colleges, and the like. And it's very interesting that there are very few schools that teach, even teach personal finance, you know? Yeah, and so, very few. And so then there's not a conversation. You know, one of the things I hear you saying is that there's there can be a lot of shame um, around this, and, you know, sometimes it's a thought that we're really alone. So, you know reducing the shame around it to realize that this is an area that all of us have to work on. And there's those that yep. are a little bit more grown, uh, that have grown more in it and invest more in it and, and have done financial education and spending time and being accountable. And then there's others where, you know, we, we really weren't taught that. And so we fall back on kind of the, the habits of, of what we grew up in the environments that we grew up and we desperately, you know, see people hurting and like God who gave so much for us, we want to step towards that because there is a richness in being able, and it's beyond money, but there is just this really deeply um, powerful thing of being able to to bless people with time yes. and with resources and with prayer, you know, and, and the beautiful thing about the gospel is that God has made it in this economy that we do utilize money and resources, but what we've been purchased with 
Peter says in First Peter is not silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And that beautiful thing about the gospel and that Jesus, though he was rich beyond complete measure, he did make himself poor when in light when he owns everything and then he comes to to a uh, to an empty manger. But now he sits exalted above all things. And when we get to heaven, people are going to be like, hey, I brought gold. And angels are going to look and say, hey, you brought pavement. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Somebody brought pavement. And so, but, but there are a number of people who need to hear the gospel. There are a number of lives that need to be changed. And Jeremy, I think I hear you saying, too, that God wants to use us in community to be able to free us up from shame, but also to come around each other to make a kingdom impact in the day and time that we live in. Absolutely. And again, it's like, you know, guys, I mean, if your car's broke down and you don't know anything about cars, you know, you, you, you go to a, you go to a mechanic. <laughs> again, there's no shame. You're not, you're not height. You're not in church going, oh my gosh, what if people know that I can't change out my radiator, you know, or I can't do my, you know what I'm saying? You don't feel weird about it. You just go, okay, let me go to the expert. And again, I just, for whatever reason, I just, well, I know lots of different reasons and I can speculate, but I just, you know, if there's anything that the enemy wants to do, like I said, it's to shut Christians down financially. Because when I believe that when Christians get out of debt and they get wealthy and they have excess, that we together are going to change the world. But at the end of the day, all the really cool kingdom stuff that we want to do, it's got a price tag behind it. You know, whether it's like finding amazing radio opportunities where the gospel is going out and encouragement, whether it's, you know, providing food, whether it's providing Bibles, whether there's Bible translators. I mean, you can go to websites, you can go to um, like Wycliffe Bible translations. You can literally see like we need this much money to complete this translation. And and guys, like for how many Christians there are in the world, like if every single Christian on planet Earth or even just in the U.S., even just in the state of Minnesota, you know, got there, got out of debt and got excess and was able to give lavishly and excess. I mean, guys, like the whole world would be transformed overnight. And so that's really what I'm passionate about is like, let's see spirit filled Christians um, that love God, that love people. Let's get freed up so that we can be a huge blessing because Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive. So that obviously it, but if you don't have money to give, then like, how are you supposed to be blessed? And so God wants us to have enough, God, not just for our own needs, but the needs of those around us. But if we're still worrying about how we're going to pay our, our bills or our debts or our kids' college or retirement or those things, and we're just focusing on our own needs, it's actually one of the things we talk about. And I didn't realize this, but it was a form of selfishness. And one of the worst ways to help the poor is to actually become one of them yourself. And what I mean by that is by living in such a place of scarcity and fear that you're not able to have excess like Paul, like so many heroes of the faith, to serve the needy around us. Because there's nothing worse than going into a time of year when you want to give, you want to be a blessing, but you just can't because you're worried about your own needs and your own and having those met. So I want you guys to be freed up so that together we can go change the world. And again, if you need help with that. Um, and if you're in debt, if you're need and struggling, you want to get free, you can go to Debt Free Masterclass. Like I said, I've got a gift dot uh, com for your audience if they want to go check that out. Um, and if we can help them, you know, we'll see if we can do that. But really, David, like this is about I want people to walk into Christmas feeling like they're not alone. Like you said, there are people that understand there are experts that can help them. And really, this this doesn't have to be you don't, basically by this time next year, this can be a Christmas where you're debt free. You're able to give lavishly and you can give the gifts that you want to give and you can do it in Jesus name. And cause one thing to say, I love you. It's another thing to like buy your brother-in-law who's like really sarcastic and snarky and thinks that you're still a jerk. Something that he, nobody would ever be able to get. <laughs> nobody would ever buy him and say, I love you too. And one of the coolest things is to be able to, you know, like whether that's an enemy, whether that's somebody, you know, sending them flowers, giving gifts, doing things 
Um, you know, giving them a meal, you know, when they're sick, bringing them something. Even right now with COVID, so many people needing help and extra support to go and not just say, I'm praying for you and like, hey, go warm, be warm and well fed. But like James says, like actually meeting their physical needs because we have the resources to do so. That's what it's all about. Well, one of the things I just want to note real quick is that um, God blessed uh, a church that I served with one time. And the manager of the location actually said, here's the keys to our community center. And, uh, you know, we, we asked the community what they wanted. They said a Bible study in a young um, mom's group. And one day the gal came to me and she said, Pastor David, you know why we do this? Why I wanted to do this is that when we moved to the cities, we came to Blaine and we had nothing. Mm-hmm. And there was a church full of people who came and loved on us and provided for us. Yes. And it, cha- it transformed, <laughs> transformed us. And so that led us to do that. And I think, you know, in our in our audience, you can get with your small group. You can get with people in your church. You can, you can recognize that there's coworkers that people have and God makes much with a little and that we can combine that together to find ways to bless people and to minister to people. And so, so, you know, we don't want people to miss out on the richness and reality of the gospel um, and to be able to use their, their time, their talents, their resources to be a blessing to others, because that's what Jesus uh, had to say. Bill, you had a thought you read? Well, we're just out of time. Jeremy, thanks so much for joining the Monday Afternoon Mix. It's been great meeting you. Awesome. Thanks so much, Bill. And again, if if anyone wants help, especially if they're in debt, then go to debtfreemasterclass.com. We'd love to give your audience a gift and see if we can help them this Christmas season change their life. Thank you so much. That uh, we'll take a little break when we come back. I'm excited to welcome Dr. Clinton Arnold. Yes, you heard that correctly. Not a relative. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.